Have you been diving deep into health and nutrition and want to learn more? Up for a chat, Sidney O'Meara and the Functional Nutrition Academy present to you the Intro to Nutrition course. This 10-week introductory program is the perfect kickstarter to help you gain knowledge, get empowered and develop a healthy relationship with food. To find out more and to get access to one of the world's leaders in nutrition, go to www.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash nutrition. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts, Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damien Kristoff. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is The Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicating bringing wellness into our lives. Gentlemen, it's a... Uh, it's a, it's a great honor to always have you all of us on the show at the same time. It's uh you know it's been better and better. Well, all of a sudden we're not actually traveling as much, but it's so good to actually bring in special guests and things that we are really interested and passionate about. Uh, and today's guest is you know someone I think it's an amazing topic. We've been t- talking a lot about gut health lately because obviously it's such a, an important topic. But we're going to do it in a specific manner, specific to pregnancy and kids, and uh, why it's so important. So, Damien, would you like to introduce our special guest for today? I'll do the gig. I'll do it. I'll do it. I met uh, this girl, a uh, very clever girl, uh, in oh, I don't know how many years ago, but many people have heard me talk about Crack Your Stress Code. Well, when I was doing Crack Your Stress Code for the very, very first time, the person that I met in the elevator turned out to be this guy, Luke, who Emma used to work with, and I didn't know this until I was doing Crack Your Stress Code at his practice. Anyway, if you've heard that uh, presentation before, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I got stressed out and I was in the elevator. And I met Emma when I was doing a power of food down in uh, the Mornington Peninsula. And Emma and I got talking about all great things. Obviously, Thermomix was involved and we we're talking about good food and good nutrition. And Emma's gone on to do great things. And now she's working with a company called Kiara. Now, Kiara is a probiotic that uh, we give to women um, to assist with children and themselves with regards to prevention of various ailments. And so today we've got Emma to talk about Kiara, which is a great probiotic. And I'd love to welcome to our podcast today, Emma Park. Thanks for joining us today, Emma. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Can't wait to great get to have you here. into it. Definitely get into it, Em. Hey, Em, uh, there's been lots and lots of chat about uh, the microbiome. There's heaps of chat about the microbiome. Just for the uh, the person or the people that may not have necessarily learned about what the microbiome is, can we just start by asking what is the microbiome? Absolutely agree. It's a big ter- talking point and it's um, all over the blogosphere as well. So I think it's good to have a proper understanding of what it means. So when we, we use the term microbiome, we're talking about all of the different microbes that live on on and in us. Um, so people are really usually uh, up with the fact that we've got bacteria living in us and mostly in our gut. So when we hear the term microbiome, it's actually about the community of that bacteria and also other microbes like viruses and yeasts and those kind of things. And so they they work with us and they work with our immune system and they have a whole range of roles uh, involved in our health. So when should we start thinking about the microbiome? I mean, obviously, you know, we're now saying, well, we need to start thinking about it from a very early age, but you're suggesting we need to think about it even before we're born. So when should we start thinking about making sure we get this microbiome sorted? 
Well, especially when we're when we're talking about pregnancy and and conceiving and fertility and those kinds of things, it's we ha- we have to start thinking in preconception because a lot of the things that are in our day to day world are impacting our microbiome even before we're starting to think about that. So we know things like. Um, pesticides and herbicides in our food and our water which are designed to kill bacteria so they're obviously having an impact on our um, on our microbes in us so particularly we talk a lot about that the microbiome living in the gut because that's where the greatest concentration is uh, and that's why you sort of always hear about gut bugs and gut microbiome and gut health and those kind of things so a lot of other things like uh, environmental toxins stress is a really really big one um, has direct impacts on those bacterial levels uh, we we look at um, medication there's a really big one so particularly antibiotics so we know that we need to take antibiotics sometimes but when we take them they wipe out all of the good bacterias and uh, as well as the bad guys and then we can be left with a really reduced diversity and a reduced overall number of that bacteria so if you think about when you're starting to plan for having kids you may have had some uh, course of antibiotics even as a child or in your adolescent and that could still be impacting your microbiome when you're planning to conceive. You know, you're the second person in, in recent months where we actually did, did a podcast interview recently as well who, who mentioned similar things that were you have to consider a lot of these factors, not just in get help, but just in, in terms of all factors regarding babies that you don't, you know, just start increasing your nutrition or start thinking healthy, you know, when you're, you're at conception. It's actually preconception that you have to start thinking about. So it's really interesting that a lot of experts are thinking about, you know, obviously that the health of the mother and the health of the father is really important before even conception even happens. So um, one of the, some of the, like, so talking about sort of microbiomes and the effects on, on the child, how does that, overall impact the health of the child as they grow up yeah so obviously when you're uh, the microbiome is important from when the baby's in utero so what we used to think that the baby's first exposure to having a microbiome the colonization was actually happening in the birthing process but now research is showing us that there's flora all through the whole reproductive system and then that that the placenta isn't sterile and the baby's actually being exposed to bacteria in utero. So that's why it's essential for the mum to be boosting her microbiome and getting that sorted before she even starts to think about becoming pregnant and then when she is that that's really important to maintain that because it's impacting um, the overall health of the mother but also the development and the immune system of the baby so it's starting in utero that the the, um, the birthing method is going to Im- impact that even more so whether there's a vaginal delivery or a c-section delivery and then obviously breastfeeding picks that up with with passing on the bacteria to the baby so um, really really important this is something that a lot of people don't understand is when they're having a c-section delivery it's got pretty common knowledge now that that's going to impact the baby's immune system and then then the health of the child even into adulthood but what we're actually seeing is it's not necessarily the missing out on the vaginal delivery and the seeding process it's actually the antibiotics that are being given at the time of the c-section and i find quite often mums don't even know they've had antibiotics then because it's especially if it's an emergency caesar then obviously they they you know there's so much going on and quite often they're not made aware of it and so this is then impacting that that infant and the mum 
ongoing and that's where we see uh, it's really important to bring a probiotic in at that point because it as we said before it can take a couple of years to rebuild the microbiome after just one course of antibiotics so really really important to make sure that you're boosting the flora through that time to make sure you're ensuring that the um the optimal growth and development and um colonization of that microbiome in the infant and then therefore the immune system into adulthood Hey, Em, you might be able to answer this one for me because uh, I don't really know. My feel, my thought was that um, an IV antibiotic uh, was better for you, well, better for the microbiome um, in terms of less destructive than an oral antibiotic. So I'm talking about something that's given via an injection into the body versus a antibiotic that was given into the body via the mouth. Mm. Um, is there much of a difference? Because it seems to me that if somebody is having a C-section, they would have to know that they swallowed something. So are they getting a antibiotic via um, a needle? Or are, how, how else would they be getting antibiotics if they, they would They would be getting it through the... Through the, uh, through the IV antibiotics, but it's still going to be having an impact systemically. So even if it's maybe not impacting the gut, what it's impacting is the um, breast milk flora. So, okay. So yeah. the, the breast, you're saying that the breast milk f- flora is different to the, bre- the flora that you'd find in the gastrointestinal system, which is different to the, the uh, flora that you'd find in the vaginal mucosa. Yes. So the, these are all different. It, it, and is this, does this mean that the microbiome that's on the skin is also different? Yeah, so the microbiomes in the different body parts are different. There's some similar characteristics, obviously, and and this is what we see in pregnancy, which is so amazing that what happens in the body is that it go and it goes and gets the bacteria from the different parts of the body that it needs to put into the breast milk, which I just think is fascinating. So it goes around and and gets all the different different bacteria, some from the gut, some from the other areas, and then and then puts them in the ones that the baby's going to need for that colonization factor so i do think still that the iv antibiotics are going to have a big impact on that breast milk flora and then what is essentially designed to set up the microbiome and immune system of the infant so whether or not it's iv or oral oral antibiotics at that birthing process i think it's still going to have a big impact on that on that the the flora in the breast milk so, Emma, you know, we've got a pretty good understanding now that, you know, your, your gut flora at the time of your birth is really important. And we've heard people say that, you know, there are some gut flora that you have present at that time that if you lose them at that time, whether it's via antibiotics or whatever happens, then you, some people have suggested you can never regain that for the rest of your life. Um, is that true or are there other strategies we can use to try and uh, repopulate that, that gut flora that we would otherwise have had at the time of birth? Um, it is absolutely true, unfortunately. Like some of the strains are never coming back and that's why we're seeing uh, in our affluent societies due to our diets and the overuse of antibiotics and high use of, of other medications as well that we've got the least diversity left of anywhere in the world because they just don't come back. Um, what we can do to know, and I like to use a visual which is um, really effective, is if you imagine your microbiome as an ecosystem, um, a healthy microbiome like a jungle that's lush and it's a healthy ecosystem all working together. And then if you look at um, and after a course of antibiotics, whether it's oral antibiotics, IV, or, you know, they're, st- they're still going to have a major impact, you have this more like a desert effect and there's a few sticks and shrubs left there and so what we have to do is really nurture those sticks and shrubs to grow back 
because you can take a probiotic, but that's not going to actually recolonize um, the desert. It's not going to turn it back into a rainforest just because through taking a taking a supplemental probiotic. You actually have to really work on creating a good environment in the gut, feeding it good foods, lots of prebiotics, which are really important, even more so than a probiotic, to rebuild that flora and get all get as many of your indigenous strains back as possible. Um, so it's interesting you talk about, you know, the differences between Eastern and Western cultures in terms of the gut flora. So when we say that we can't get those bacteria back, is that because we've killed them and there's no possible way to get them back? Or is it partly because we've got such a sterile environment that we aren't being exposed to them again, where perhaps in, in other societies we may get a chance to be re-exposed and re-inoculated to some of those bacteria? Absolutely, both both because because we've grown we went through that you would have heard the hygiene hypothesis where we went through that stage of sterilizing and killing everything and killing all the germs and there was no exposure that's definitely um com uh, compounding the problem and then of, of having the, like the medications and the high sugar diets and the high stress diets and so if mum previous to even conceiving has had a high stress lifestyle has been eating lots of sugar diets and uh, unhealthy and taking medications and drinking chlorinated water well then the microbiome she passes on to the baby is already have a has a reduced diversity and then if you do that you know you don't let them play with dirt you don't let the dogs lick their face and I always there's another visual I use in my in my presentations of a dog licking a baby's face and people are horrified but it's actually something that's proven to help build diversity in the microbiome it's having a pet you know, Emma, one of the biggest challenge uh, through pregnancy, I know for at least for us, my, my wife, my wife and I um, was mastitis. Um, with my first child, when Kai was born, um, we my, you know, obviously we really wanted to breastfeed, but the challenge of breastfeeding was the mastitis. Like my wife stuck it through, like she was really sick. She got so sick uh, to a point, I think she had it about five times before then we went to the, to the doctor and they said straight to hospital because they wanted to, you know, use IV antibiotics. And so one of the things I guess uh, I want to ask you is, is you know, what are some of the complications and challenges that might be affecting, you know, the breastfeeding? Because obviously one of the ways you're saying is that breastfeeding is going to be passing on the, the microbiome and, and is one of the best ways to do that. But is how do, how do women, what is, like, I guess what I'm asking is what are some of the ways that women can, what are the complications, but also what is, how do we deal with those challenges? Yeah, absolutely. Um, mastitis is such a big one and so many people suffer from it. And it's really interesting. There's there, there's uh, pain, there's infective mastitis, there's um, non-infective mastitis, and all of these are going to cause inflammation and swelling localised to the breast and, and cause the pain. And it's a, it's a very big cause of the cessation, cessation of um, breastfeeding for a lot of women. Um, so what, what the way we look at it is there's, there's a bacterial imbalance in the flora and that's what's either causing the pain or causing the infection. So, and, and this has been proven in scientific trials with the strain that's in Chiara because the difference with the strain in Chiara is that it's a breast, um, a breast milk strain. So it's not actually been taken from bowel flora, it's been isolated from healthy human breast milk. Mm. And so what it does, it has can direct um, um, 
killing uh, can actually kill that pathogenic bacteria and re-inoculate the breast milk while you're taking it so it can actually improve that bacterial balance get rid of that infective pathogen which is um staph is one of the main ones and um or strep and there's, there's a couple of other ones but so that's usually what's happening in the breast is this imbalance in flora that could be caused by not having a a robust enough microbiome in the first place for the body to gather the good bacteria. It could happen from antibiotics. It could happen from mum being stressed, you know, like that That has that those big impacts. So what we see, and we've seen a lot of case studies like this, and this is one of the, these are the, our favourite people that get that mastitis and they um, have to get on that mastitis antibiotic, mastitis um cycle you know where they can't break it they're okay while they're taking the antibiotic because it's killing the pathogenic bugs but as soon as they stop that pathogenic bugs grow back because they're opportunistic and they haven't actually got any of the good flora in there to offset that so by putting in a specific probiotic like Chiara what you're doing is rebuilding those flora levels and this has all been clinically trialed they've done they've looked at um, using this particular strain up against antibiotics and they're as effective with no recurrence. So the people that are taking antibiotics have got high levels of recurrence, obviously through that whole process. Um, but when using this probiotic, you get also that protective level of flora back into the breast milk. That's really so, interesting. So basically summary, what you're saying is that, you know, taking a, a probiotic um, such as Chiara that will actually prevent um, or help prevent mastitis, which, you know, because mastitis was a big thing, like in a sense, it affected her, not only her health, but it actually, um, you know, obviously affect the, the, the breast supply and, and the milk supply, sorry, for, for my daughter. And it really does challenge, uh, uh, you know, whether or not to stop breastfeeding at that time. And it can be really, really uh, it can be very difficult for a little woman. I mean, she pers- persevered. And I think she breastfed for at least another two and a half years, but it, it can be a challenge. But yet a simple thing like having probiotics at that right appropriate, you know, making sure that the right flora's balance can actually prevent that and allow a child to be breastfed a lot longer and go through that whole process and develop to a healthier human being. Absolutely. And and that's what we see. We always give it, we recommend for, I recommend for anyone to take it, even from preconception, obviously, but definitely from third trimester, uh, in case there's going to be antibiotics or anything, and then continue taking it through breastfeeding, particularly if they've had mastitis in a previous, uh, with a previous infant, and, and then definitely it's going to be working as prevention. Then if, if they do happen to get mastitis and are having to take antibiotics, we will definitely still take it at the same time time but obviously not not at the same time during the day you separate the doses but it's still very protective i think we used to think oh if you're taking antibiotics there's no point taking a probiotic but now we know that we definitely do that we just need to separate the dosing by a couple of hours so you're still getting that protective um uh, level of good flora in there you're not just wiping out everything And, um, yeah, it's so fantastic to see the success stories of women that have been on this cycle or have had mastitis in the past and have gone on to Chiara and, you know, they they haven't had it or they've managed to break that cycle. It's fantastic. Um, And just a quick question going back to it. Um, Obviously, we mentioned at the start different areas or different um, types of microbiome that we might be considering here. So we're talking about breast milk microbiome, skin-based microbiome, gastrointestinal, vaginal microbiome. All of these different areas have different strains of bacteria. Now, we're talking about taking a probiotic orally 
to go into our gastrointestinal system to improve our breast milk quality. Now, there's a big leap there. I'm just wondering whether or not you can actually share that with us and how that actually works and and, and how this uh, actually does take place so that people can kind of get this. Yeah, so like I said before, that the breast milk flora is established by the body using um, cells in that enteric nervous system. So um, that they go in and they get into the gut and they actually pull out the different kinds of bacteria that they need, which is absolutely so fascinating and just one more of the amazing things that the human body actually does. But it's it's proven that taking an oral dose of probiotics gets into the other system so you can take an oral oral probiotic for vaginal thrush and it's still going to improve it so the bacteria it still gets everywhere uh, even if you're taking an oral dose of it so by by using a specific probiotic though and I think this is the really important thing and what often people don't understand is that any old probiotic will do, but that's not necessarily the case. So the different the different species and strains of probiotics do have different roles in the body. Most of them are generally beneficial because they have an anti-inflammatory effect. But if you really want them to have a specific effect, as in boosting breast milk flora or you know preventing and treating an infective mastitis, we well, want to use the scientifically proven strains for that particular job. If you were going and treating, you know, adult di- adult traveller's diarrhoea, well, you would use a different strain there that's been clinically proven to be effective um, in that place in the body for that specific role. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. That's a really good point to use a strain that's been specifically shown to be effective in that particular thing. Now, it is really important to consider this too, I think, Emma, because um, probiotics aren't probiotics. It's like oils ain't oils. So Absolutely. There's a few things that people aren't necessarily aware of, and that is the definition of a strain. So whilst you might have lactobacillus rhamnosus, you may not have lactobacillus rhamnosus LGG, for example. So there is a possibility that some people might, in fact, be using a strain or a type of bacteria that's the cousin to the one that's actually effective and so in in that regard what's the strain that they must use that Chiara uses in order to prevent mastitis so the the one that that's in Chiara is lactobacillus fermentum cect 5716 so that's the strain that's been scientifically tested in all these different um uh tests over in european tests to um find out whether it was safe and effective, what the therapeutic dose was, um, and then what it was, what actual infective strains it was going to be able to target. So those things have all been proven. So you, you quite often see a probiotic supplement with a list of all these different strains on the back, but if they haven't got that the number written at the end, like you said, the, the um, Ramnosis GG or the like without the CECT5716, that's what tells you whether there's an effective strain. And some companies, um, there's not very stringent poli- you know, policies over this in Australia that, you know, they can just say, oh, we've got lactobacillus fermentum so we can treat mastitis. And they're not, like you said, they haven't actually got the clinically proven strain in there. So, yeah, you've got to be a bit careful and it's always really good to get the advice of a health professional about this because there's a lot of advertising and there's a lot of, you know, um, the sort of, Um, incorrect for want of a better word information out there um, online and in advertising and those kinds of things so Emma you know some people might 
listen to this and think it sounds a little bit strange, like getting probiotics from breast milk and then taking them, you know, later in life, that that doesn't seem like a very natural thing to do. Um, what would be your answer to those people? Yeah, it's pretty funny. We often get asked, it goes, well, who keeps giving you the, the breast milk? Who's, you know, who's, who's keeps on providing it? So we got it from a healthy, uh, healthy breast milk donor originally, and then obviously it's grown in the lab. But because it's uh, um, one of the strains that's from breast milk, so it's been designed to actually um, colonize the gut. So the different strains have different roles. So we've actually found that this strain was also a little bit outside of the box, really effective in kids with with gastrointestinal problems, even other immune problems with respiratory tract. And they've actually done clinical trials on this as well. So what it's actually doing is as um, talking to the immune system. So that's one of the other things that the the effective strains do that they act as signaling um, microbes and molecules and get the immune system actually working properly so that's why I think as far as you know using a breast milk strain even when if you're not pregnant or breastfeeding can be really effective in boosting the immune system and um, having anti-inflammatory effects in the gut and that kind of thing we've we've used it in um, in kids with you know digestive problems like chronic diarrhea or even and constipation and it's that immunomodulatory effect that having um having a well-researched well-produced therapeutic dose strain can have really beneficial effects um in other areas as well emma a question about this um obviously people are very concerned about their microbiome and you know they might have fermented foods in their diet they might have um some cultured foods in their diet as well and some people you know are very particular about the types of um, microorganisms that they do actually put into their body i have heard and i think it might have even been with you girls when you came to talk at my practice that um, some different types of probiotics can be pathogenic to the probiotic that's in Chiara. Is, mm. is that the case? Can there be competing residency, for you know, for want of a better word? Could it be that Chiara is bumped out or the strain from Chiara is bumped out by other bugs or, or vice yeah. versa? Yep, yep. There's actually there's some research been looking into that, that what the actual strains can be doing to each other. So one one strain might be effective in, and I do use this example a lot because it's one of the um, proven strains to be effective in adult um, controlling adult traveller's diarrhoea, but that's that can be pathogenic to the strains, the alphamentum chiara that's been used in in um, boosting breast milk flora, so it's that it's again, it's that not all, not any old probiotic will do because you you want it to actually be doing the job that it's designed to do. And again, it all comes back to research, and it all comes back to having the right strain identified and outlined on the on the product, so that you know you're actually taking the one that's going to do the job you want it to do. Emma, uh, regards to Kiara, like what's the research saying in terms of how long do you take Kiara for, you know, um, because I imagine that there's certain points where, or maybe it doesn't, like does the strain change in terms of what you should take as a mother um, or do you continue on with this at X amount of period of time or is it when you're breastfeeding, what, when, do you, when does it stop or when do you change over to a new product? What, what, yeah. What's the um, It's always it's always going to be a beneficial strain because of that, the effects it has on the immune system. But the the um, most beneficial dosing is we give it in the third trimester, mm-hmm. and then yeah, and then through birth, and then um, while the mum's breastfeeding, just to guard against any of those things that might be impacting the flora. Because 
you can't avoid those things. You know, we all drink a bit of tap water. We're all exposed to chemicals and pesticides. We all have stressful days. You might have to take some kind of medication. So all those things are always going to be impacting the flora. So it's kind of like, why wouldn't you take it? Because you're going to be protecting yourself against any of those things. Um, what I do like to say to people is, is get the dosing right. So the maintenance dose, it comes in a sachet and it's one sachet a day. It's really easy to dose and it doesn't have any flavour or taste. You can mix it in water or into food. Um, and so you take one a day. So if you were to have a flare-up of, say, a mastitis symptom, then you would bump the dose up to two a day in that acute phase and then you can come back down to the one a day through the breastfeeding. And then if everything's going well and everybody's healthy, then you could even drop back to one every second day and that can make it a bit more affordable because I think it's definitely something that's beneficial to take ongoing, as I said, in that protective role. And so, Emma, should you be taking just Chiara at that stage or is it still useful to try and get some diversity in terms of your gut flora and have other probiotics or perhaps other fermented foods at the same time? Um, definitely good to introduce some other, uh, some more diversity. What I tend to do is uh, um, cycle them. So I'd use a Chiara, you know, through that, definitely through that stage, prevention of mastitis and, it's, uh, and when there's the pregnancy and breastfeeding because we know it's a really effective strain. But then every, yeah, depending what's going on, uh, and again, it would be really good to get the advice of a health professional. So if you pop into your, your local health food store, they've got a naturopath on the floor, somebody who knows that what which what which products going to be best for you always always great to get the advice and i think cycling them is a good idea um, fermented foods are great as long as you haven't got any digestive problems going on in the first place because you don't really know what you're putting in with fermented foods and sometimes they can cause more problems than they um, can they're not really a fixer. They're more of like a maintenance-type product. So when everything's going well, including some fermented foods daily, is going to be really beneficial. But if you've got any sort of – if you've got a candida overgrowth or any sort of bacterial imbalance or SIBO or something like that, then fermented foods can actually be kind of troublesome at the start. You need to sort out those sort of gut problems first before you would um, include them on a daily basis. Thanks, Emma, so much. This has been fantastic. Just for um, for the listener, um, where can people find Kiara? Where, where can they go and buy it? Uh, you know, is it yep, easily? So can they go to Coles? No, <laughs> no, they can't go to Coles. Um, no, it's available um, in pharmacy and also online. And we've got a lot of natural uh, naturopathic clinics and osteo clinics. Chiropractors have got it. So um, you find it at Damien's Clinic. So there's actually online, there's a list of stockists. Right? So you can look in your area and find the, lo the local stockists. And also you can buy them online. So um, I, and, and we're always looking for more stockers. So if you go into your local pharmacy and they don't have it, then we can always they can always give us a ring and they can become a stockist as well. Um, we we're based in Melbourne, so it's a quick turnaround. If you do buy it online, we can send it out. You know, you get it w within a couple of days. Oh, it's just such a great thing. It's a great pro it's great great to have a product like this out in the market because it's a you know obviously it's just beneficial for the mother and it's just oftentimes and also for the baby as well and oftentimes we just run into these problems but yet there's no solutions for it so it's just great to have uh, a product that can actually solve a lot of these issues. So thank you so much, Emma, for you know just sharing your 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 insights around this and I think a lot of people are going to get a, gr a lot of great value from it too as well. So thanks for being on the show. 
No worries. Thanks for having me. Guys, uh, if you want to check out the uh, the website, we're going to put that on the show notes. So make sure you check it out on the Wellness Couch uh, website. Uh, and also, why, uh, please go to Facebook and go to the facebook.com slash wellnessguys and the wellness couch. Uh, like us there while you're there. Share this podcast with your friends and fa- family and other strangers you think need a wellness update and subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, while you're there, please give us a great rating and also a comment there too. So until next week, begin creating wellness to allies. Let's leave. Let's lead by example. Let's change the world. Help together. Join us next week on the Wellness Guy Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.